Hold up, son. Word. Folks, welcome back to episode 8 of the Mobcast. Uh, super excited for today's episode. We got Reggie Stubblefield on, the sauce boss. Probably my favorite defensive player of uh, the climbing era. Reggie, thanks for taking time out to chat up with us, man. Hey, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it for being on here. We're ready to get started. Yes, sir. For uh, folks you don't know, unless you're living under a rock, uh, Reggie played uh, DB for us in 2021 and uh, was part of that team that won the Texas Bowl, whooped the shit out of LSU. Uh, I think it's always a fun topic to start with. Uh, Reggie, kind of a breakdown of, uh, of that game, just complete domination on, uh, on all sides of the ball, but especially defensively. What was that LSU game like? Uh. For me, that LSU game was really, really fun. Uh, it was another opportunity during that season to go back to Texas and uh, actually play closer to home where I graduated from, from my previous college uh, at Prairie View. So I had a lot of friends, family uh, show out to that game. And then just the opportunity to go against an SEC opponent and somebody like LSU where no matter what went on during that game as far as guys that was opting out or who are we going to play against at quarterback, uh you're going to get a team who has talent uh, from their freshman all the way down to their senior, super senior. So to go out there and put on a dominant performance uh, and to go out with that senior class, that senior class with guys like Skyler and uh, guys like Noah Johnson and Cody Fletcher, Russ Yeast, uh, man, that was something special. And then just to do it the way we did it, uh, blowing LSU out and put on a great showing in front of our fans and actually winning a bowl game against an LSU team. So, Man, it was fun. Uh, the experience was uh, one of a lifetime. I'll never forget it, honestly. Uh, and it was just super special to cap off a really good year, especially uh, coming off the year that K-State had before that when it was a tough COVID year and everything that was going on. So just to finish that year with the way we did it, uh, winning a game in uh, the NFL stadium, the Texans, and how we started off the year winning in AT&T Stadium, that was just special. We couldn't write a better story. So, man. What experience? Yeah, man, against a team against a team that's you know known as DBU as well. Like, mm-hmm. well, I mean, you that that whole year was kind of the precursor to uh, of where we are now with uh, Big Twelve title last year. Like, it seemed like that year was ba- like the foundation, especially coming off like a tough COVID year where everything was. I mean, that that had to be a weird year for a player, right? That COVID year. I know you weren't at K State yet, but. Yeah, it was definitely weird, and that whole year was tough for me because unlike uh, FBS schools and uh, the Big 12, they got to play in the fall where my season was pushed to the spring. So I've actually played uh, two football seasons in one year. It was crazy, man. Yeah, so to uh, just understand the up and downs and the difficulty of the season that K-State had during COVID mm-hmm. and just to turn it around and lay the foundation for where the school is at now. Uh, a lot of coaches talk about our senior class and uh, really just give us our flowers and let us know how proud they are for us doing the way we did it and uh, just laying the, foot, the blueprint for guys to follow. And uh, it's actually been shown, you know what I mean, to win the Big 12 the next year and doing the things that they're doing this year. It's uh, perfect. It's what you want as a guy who uh, know you have guys looking up to you and want to lay a foundation like that. Speaking of that senior class and the flowers, um probably one of my favorite moments all year was uh was that moment you and uh Kleiman shared um 
you know, it really, that was, I think everyone was, uh, was pretty emotional on that senior day, but what, what does coach climbing mean to you? Uh, it means a lot because, uh, he really, really showed me and, uh, just gave me so much information and, uh, just so much like skills and ideas of just learning how to be detailed oriented about your work and really, really working hard consistently. Uh, it was something that, you know, I'm very used to. Blue collar guy worked very hard, but climbing, man, he was next level with just his detail, his scouting, his information, and just being consistent in the things that he wants within his program. You know, he's not going to go get guys that don't fit and mold in well with other guys around the team and the staff. So just learning how consistent he was with uh, how he ran things in the program and just, you know, his belief in what he believes in, his system, his scheme, uh, he means a lot to me. Uh, gave me an opportunity when a lot of Big 12 schools probably didn't want want to and was kind of like being indecisive about wanting me to bring them, uh, wanted to bring me to their school. So, man, he changed my life for real. He uh, gave me an opportunity to play on a big stage, a big level, and just to showcase my skills and who I am as a person and what I bring to the game of football. Speaking of, you know, what you brought, it, it seems like ever since uh, for – since Kansas State, you've been overlooked, and now this year with uh, with the Montreal Alouettes, you're you're really, I mean, shit, you're the favorite for Rookie of the Year. Um, like, is this this chip on your shoulder? Is it um, is it only grown ever since leaving Kansas State? Uh, I think it's always there because for me, it's just uh, having an underdog mentality and knowing that there's always a level that I can get better at and reach. Uh, but it's just, I don't know, the belief in myself and uh, just knowing what I can get and the goals that I want to reach. I've set really, really high standards for myself. So for me to come in the CFL, my first official pro season and do the things that I'm doing this year, uh, it means a lot. And uh, there's obviously some things that I'm still working on and working towards. Reggie, you've uh, you played all over the field this year. And, you like, I mean, like Eric said, you've been tearing it up. I was just curious. I've always loved watching Canadian football First of all, what's the adjustment to having 12 men on the field? And then as a defensive back, how big of a pain in the ass is it to prepare for wide receivers that get that forward motion? <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, spot on. Uh, it was definitely a transition. 12 guys on the field, so the details and coverage, the details and scheme, run fits and all that, it gets a lot more complex. Uh, uh -huh. The field is actually wider, too, so – you know, whereas you could be a boundary safety, strong safety, boundary corner, and you think, you know, the field's tight, where it's equivalent to a field side in a regular football field back at home. So, so many things about the game, so many, uh, so many things are so different that it takes reps. Uh, it takes really being detail-oriented. And being a pro, you're going to have to adjust to the game quick or you're going to get sent home. Mm -hmm. So, for me, man, that waggle, that was a, that was a work in progress for a while. But... Uh, I just kept working, put my head down, something I learned at K-State, and just keep getting better with reps over time. And, uh, man, now I'm killing it. I think I got it down packed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, it sounds like – I mean, mentioning the fact that Kleiman and, and the coaching staff are so detail-oriented, it sounds like that, um, you know, really helped you going to a league that, you know, plays on a slightly different size field and, and has different rules. Mm -hmm. um, so just being able to adjust quickly um, – yeah, that is very true because that was basically my time, my how my story at K-State began. You know, I didn't get the 
be with the team, honestly, in spring football. I didn't get to be with them in summer workouts. I had to get there literally almost during camp and transition quick. So it was a whole lot of hours extra in the office with Coach Klinerman and Coach Malone, Coach Kleinman, and it's something I've always been used to, so no problem. So you guys have played uh, the Blue Bombers a couple times this year. Have you had a, tan- a chance to talk with Sean at all? Yes, uh, we actually talk a lot. Uh, he actually talked to me when I had got released from Montreal after the final cuts of preseason, and uh, I was about to go up there. Crazy thing is, I was about to sign with the Blue Bombers, but Montreal called, and I decided to sign back with them. But uh, we've been talking a lot throughout the year. Uh, I actually only got to face him the second time uh, we played them. And uh, it was a good matchup. Uh, he did some pretty good things. I did some pretty good thing, uh, things that game. And uh, it just means a lot to be able to uh, have that relationship that comes from K-State and uh, following in his footsteps because, you know, he won the CFL rookie of the year last year. And with me having the opportunity to win it this year, that's pretty big. So uh, our friendship is good. Uh, we're wishing the best for each other. We actually just messaged each other today, uh, wishing each other the best in the playoffs uh, coming up. So, yeah, it's a good relationship. Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm I'm hoping to see some uh, little back-to-back rookie of the year action. That'd be that'd be big time. Yeah, I think that'd be next level and probably something that's never been done in any type of pro league for Kansas State football team players. So yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at your stats right now, man. It, it, it's uh, three sacks, two picks, a forced fumble. Uh, something we talked before we hopped on. Played uh, three different positions, but you said basically four. Uh, you know, prepping for twelve people on the field is. Um, I mean, it, your your immediate impact on uh, this pro team is ridiculous, dude. Thirty seven yeah. tackles, holy shit! And that's wrong. Like I mean, I, people always like want to talk about stats. I be like, they missing stats. That's what be killing me. But it's cool. <laughs> that's just something that gets at me as a player, as a competitor. That competitive spirit, and you be like. Can they just give my stats right for once? <laughs> what are they? What are they messing up? Probably, uh, I don't know if you can see pass breakups in there. Yeah, they're like I couldn't ten find a single off. deflection anywhere. Yeah, see, it's it's, it's kind of weird because some websites count them, some don't. But it's all good, man. It is what it is. I think the film's gonna speak for itself, like it always does. What's uh, what's what? What would you say your plan is? You know, I. I'm I'm going out on a limb here, and I I think you're gonna win rookie of the year. Are you looking uh, to stay in the CFL, or would you like to try your hand back at the NFL? Now that you yeah. got some pretty severe tape. Yeah, so uh, it is always good to get uh, tape in a pro league and do it uh, now instead of just waiting at home on like at the own couch waiting for a call. But this has always been the plan uh, since I was banged up coming out of uh, some camps like with the Chiefs and the Vikings. Uh, I had to get back healthy and hopefully uh, take the back road again to kind of get my shot in the league. So that's definitely the plan to see uh, how things play out uh, towards the end of the year. But right now my main focus is uh, winning this great cup for my team. So we'll focus on that on those when that time comes. Heck yeah. Reggie, I, uh, I, one thing that I was going to ask you about too, being up there, um, Montreal is a French-speaking city, correct? Yes. Are you picking up on any French, man? We oui, we we we. But but seriously, like, how big of a like is that like kind of like a barrier? Is that sort of tough in your everyday life, or kind of adjusting to it? Or yeah, every uh, day by day, I'm adjusting to it, 
it honestly is to me one of the hardest languages to learn. And also because I'm in the province of Quebec, there's different type of slangs and languages that they use different from other people out here. So it's all French, but they have their type of styles and it's kind of crazy. So uh, I'm learning though, man. It's been fun. Uh, it's interesting. It's something I never expected was going to happen in my life. <laughs> but it's fun. You know, it's good to actually learn a few words and growing up uh, where my neighborhood spoke a whole lot of uh, Spanish. It's kind of fun. Just kind of step out of my boundaries again and just learn another language. And French is crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I, what's the uh, fan ecosystem like down there? Are they pretty crazy? Man, uh, so it is true about Canada. They're, they're crazy about the hockey. But uh, I was very, very surprised about uh, how much they love the Canadian Football League. Uh, everywhere you go, the stands, for the most part, are packed out. They support their home teams a lot. Uh, you won't see so much people walking around in, like, the Chiefs gear or if they were from Texas, like, the Cowboys gear. But yeah. you can see that it's continually, like, on the rise. Like, I mean, I think that's what happens with su success no matter what. You know, you win, people are going to support you or want to be around you. So we've been having a really good year, and it's been a great turnout. I think uh, last game, uh, after the game, I saw I signed autographs for, like, an hour. It was, like, one of my first times, but that's crazy. So just like this – Support that we get from the fans, man, it's really good. So I'm curious to get like a a, a K State, a former K State player's kind of viewpoint on this. Um, you know, as someone who's been a K State fan for a long time, mm -hmm. I've always heard and always just believed that you know K State fans are just kind of a different breed when it comes to college football. Um, is that something you've, you've experienced in your time at K State and beyond? Yeah, that's very true. Uh, I always seen it as a kid growing up. I remember Colin Klein and a little bit of Tyler Lockett days and uh, just seeing how, like, supportive and how just disciplined and how it just looked so much like a family environment. They were literally playing for their college and their team and not themselves. So uh, now just to continue to see it as an alumni and see how much the fans continue to support the team through the highs and the lows or how much passion they take into you know, those games, like, you think the fans are the players, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. for real, man. And uh, it's very true. I think K-State is probably, like, top five, top ten when it comes to uh, their fan base. Uh, I know we asked you this earlier, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to answer this while we're recording as well. Who, who's your current favorite defensive player on K-State? Yeah, so, all right, favorite. Okay, so I didn't know you said favorite last time. Because favorite is a lot of them. Right, they got a really good deep. Okay. Well, well, offense, really good defense. They just good team all around. But yeah, you say rephrase for us. The guy that I watch the most is definitely Des. Just with the year that he's having, him still being a young guy, and I remember his days when he first came in, and now he's playing the same position that I am as well. Just to see like some of the things that he's just picked up and learned, and the way he's just playing, man, is exceptional. So I watch him almost every snap, every game, and I'm proud of him. I'm going to go back just a little mm -hmm. bit. It's kind of unrelated, but it's a question I just thought of. Do you do you still have guys who are playing for K-State reach out to you and ask for advice or, or encouragement? Yeah, uh, we always chop it up, talk. Uh, a lot of those guys would do things earlier before the year starts uh, as far as when they're in training camp, when they're learning their basics or the 
introduction to the defense and stuff like that. But during the season, man, I know those guys are pretty busy like I am right now. So they're locked in, focused on what they have to do in their busy schedule all day. So not as much right now, but, uh, yeah, a lot of those guys reach out. So I've been talking to guys like Kobe uh, before the season started, Dez, uh, Daniel Green before he got injured, and then even guys on the offensive side, man. So so many guys, but you can just basically say everyone that I played with that's still there during my time. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. With uh, your time being there, what was your overall number one favorite moment? Uh, it was a lot of them. Uh, I think probably just going out, like we talked about earlier with that Texas Bowl, uh, Bowl game championship that we uh, It was just good just to uh, see all the hard work, understand where I came from. Uh, being a small school guy and then having the opportunity to compete against the SEC team and just go out finally saying I won a bowl game. <laughs> like, on the SES level, you don't really have bowl games. It's either mm-hmm. championship, make it all the way through, or nothing, you know. And uh, to finally get a ring, uh, man, that meant the life. It felt really, really good. I think just do it in front of my family and friends. And uh, with that senior class, like I talked about, and with a program like K State, yeah, that's probably my favorite moment. I was in your uh, your I think it was Instagram live after the after the game. You guys were going nuts. <laughs> going nuts, man. Because <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, when you have uh, when you make it to bowl games, man, you get to be out there about a week early, week and a half, and you're doing all these competitive games against the other team. And LSU came in there with couple days before, just talking all this mess, doing all their dances, you know how LSU was, so <laughs> just to go out there, you know, us being quiet, leading up to the game, and just having a celebration, the time of our life after, and yeah, it was going nuts, it was fun. So, jumping back over to uh, the Houston, and then eventually the, the Texas game, uh, Kansas State now has gone, what, six quarters, with no, uh, with nobody scoring against us, um, it kind of obviously speaks to Klanderman, uh, What's uh, what's your input on him? Yeah, very smart. Um, very very smart. Uh, he would literally break down a whole offense and what they have done for ten years. Literally, like he puts in so much work. Uh, puts in so much preparation and time, and just you're not gonna play his. You're not gonna play in his defense if you don't know your job and you don't know what you're doing. Uh, the way he preaches his principles as far as getting off on third down, creating turnovers, uh, being disruptive, having quarterback sacks. I mean, it's something that you're seeing within the K-State defense, and it honestly doesn't surprise me. And the crazy thing is I think there's still another level that that defense can reach, especially with those guys being young. Uh, man, Clinton has just done a great job, and I think he's finally getting comfortable within the Big 12 and knowing what teams like to do and what they're uh, rooted on. And, uh, man, I'm just happy for him. One of my favorite coaches, uh, one of my closest coaches, I still have keep a relationship with till this day. So, yeah, man, he's a great guy. Well, I mean, jumping forward to Texas now, I guess it would be a good time to do a preview. Uh, Reggie, what do you think? I think that we win. <laughs> I mean, I'm just not being biased. Uh, I don't know how banged up Texas is. I know they're starting a redshirt freshman and quarterback, even though he's very talented. Uh, that can always be, uh, you know, 
iffy. You never really know how those things can play out. But I think we match up well, especially seeing how our O-line played so dominant against Houston, whereas Houston played pretty close to Texas about a week ago. And uh, I don't know, man. We look healthy. We look ready for that stretch in the Big 12 that usually happens. And uh, I think K-State gets the win probably by 14 points or more. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I can it. see it. I think we're hitting our stride I at the like right it. time. Yeah, I think we're really hitting our stride. I think Texas is honestly slowing down. Uh, anytime you're going to the middle of the year with quarterback changes, that's literally a whole identity that you have to find again within your signal caller. And that's the most important position on the field. So with guys like Will and Avery, then you have – multiple backs that can run the ball really well. And then we have these receivers that's finally finding their rhythm and what they excel at. Uh, top of the special teams that we just know our university prides themselves on and our defense playing as well as they are and as fast as they are, I think it's going to be really scary out there in Texas. Reggie, take me through when, when you're – so when you're facing a young quarterback like this, is it just mm-hmm. as simple as we want to heat him up, we want to – try to disguise looks and just hope that he's making mistakes or how would you approach it versus more of a veteran guy like Quinn Ewers? Yeah. So it always depends on the type of quarterback, you know, is this the type of quarterback that's actually directing the offense or is this coming from his OC? And that's Mm -hmm. the problem that can kind of get a little shaky and shifty when you're going against a guy like Steve Starkeesian. And he's a really, really good OC as far as calling plays. So, I think it's more so understanding what Texas is going to give them instead of what that quarterback's going to do and maybe where he's thinking at. Uh, you just want to play efficient. Uh, you want to make sure you're tackling. And the offensive line that Texas usually has year in and year out with their size, you just want to make sure, man, you're handling everything up front, playing your gaps, playing your run fits, and just getting them off on the field, you know. Don't let their playmakers make explosive plays. And I think we're going to do what we've always been doing all year. Gotcha. Well, me, Caleb, Adam, are you going down to the game? No, I got a fucking wedding. (laughs) Weddings in fall are fucking nuts, dude. Like you said, Reggie, uh, we've struggled with Texas and Oklahoma State. I want to mention earlier, dude, we've won one time in Stillwater since 2000. I don't know. It's just, it's it's our kryptonite. And then Texas, like you said. That's crazy. Dude, it's, it's been, what, since 2016? Yeah, is that the last time we won? Dude, we're so due. And, you know, you said, too, with with the signal caller being the most important part of the field, with with Avery and his current ability and how we're using him, uh, you know, if they at any point get Will, you know, if he has a bad drive or two, like the ability to put a true freshman at that point. And and what do you you think on that, too? Like Avery's ability to go into – a college football setting it, as a true freshman, you know, with the game being so different from high school to college, his ability to jump that gap so quickly. Yeah, especially to be playing it on a high level and playing Big 12 football. Uh, that speaks credit to who that kid is and uh, his ability and his talent and what that program and coaches are doing for him. Uh, it's incredible to watch because you got to really think about, you know, how are you processing information or how are you at 17, 18 years old? Uh, it's crazy. Uh, it's impressive. And uh, if Will, I mean, I knock on wood, I wish it doesn't happen on nobody, does go down, Avery has to step up, I think he'll do it well. 
Uh, obviously, you know, there's always some growing pains that freshmen have to go through. But I think after that butch snap that he had uh, last week against Houston, I don't mm-hmm. think you see much bad play happen from him. I mean, he's been efficient. Uh, he has the arm. He can throw on his run, which is uh, that's going to be scary at next level as he continues to get comfortable doing that. And, uh, man, just that whole team around him, I have no problem with him going in the game. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask, though, because you named your favorite defensive player. Who would you say is your favorite to watch on offense? You know, this is a funny story. Probably DJ Giddens because he was my first locker mate, like, when I got to K-State. It's crazy. We had the same – like, we was right beside each other in the locker room. And it is very true what they say about DJ. He would not say probably like one or two words, but me and DJ used to have full conversations all the time. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. So I'm happy, man. I'm happy for his success. I've seen it all along, man. He works so hard. Like, if there is a hardest worker, it probably, for me, DJ Giddens, because he's just, it's crazy, man. He's different. He's a different athlete. So, yeah, probably him on offense. He does. Is it true that is it true that the the one way to get him actually talking is talk about fishing? <laughs> Probably. Uh, he didn't really talk too much about fishing. I mean, we was in <laughs> right. We was in okay. comf- we was in training camp. We was in training camp, so we was probably tired of gas and talking about how we was gonna recover or something like that or how the day was. I don't know, but yeah, fishing that's crazy. That's good for him. <laughs> Will Howard Will that. Howard said that he doesn't want to talk about anything except fishing. He's like, if you want to get him to come out of his shell and actually talk, you gotta get him talking about fishing. So Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I'm not a fishing guy, so I probably never brought the conversation <laughs> up to him. <laughs> but I believe it. I know DJ got something he likes to do. He gets uh he gets in front of a mic after the UCF game. 30 carries, 207 yards, four touchdowns, and they asked him how he felt, and uh, he goes, it's like catching, uh, what do you say? So how, how big a catfish? It's like uh, catch- he, said, <laughs> he, compared, he compared the game he just had. He said, I'd say that's like catching, <laughs> catching a 20-pound catfish. It's DJ, man. That's pretty good. It's DJ, man. It's DJ. You got to love it, man. He just puts his head down and works, and he just goes about his business. Checks in, checks out. I mean... He'll, he's a sophomore, and he'll put grown men on their asses and just get up and walk right back to the huddle. Like, he doesn't shit talk or anything. He's such an interesting player to watch. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of uh, when we played against Nevada, uh, my uh, Romeo Dobbs. Like, those guys will probably be the best athletes on the field, make some crazy highlight plays, and just be so humble and just go back and just chill, ready for the next play. So, yeah, DJ's cool. Is that almost like more demoralizing as a defender, Reggie? Where like a guy's like playing that well offensively, and he's just a <laughs> robot about it, just won't say anything. Like, yeah, especially when those guys are talented and they probably know your moves as a defender, like how you're gonna tackle them, what you're gonna do. It's just like, dude, you just made an eighty-yard run, took <laughs> four people. <laughs> he's just easy breezy about it. You know what I mean? Like, what are you gonna right. do next? <laughs> You're like, what's next? Like, you know what I mean? You got something up your sleeve? You got, you know, how do you top that? It's crazy, yeah. So, yeah, probably, definitely. Uh, Adam and Caleb, Reggie gave his prediction. What are you guys thinking for the Texas game? I think we win. I need the truth. I'm not sure how much. Money. <laughs> yeah, I need the truth. Yeah. yeah, man, I mean, I think we win. I think, Like I said, I think we're hitting our stride. 
Um, you know, Texas has got some some injuries at some pretty critical positions. Mm-hmm. Um, it took us a lot. I wouldn't say it took us a bit to find our identity because, you know, K-State's had that identity. But it's like, you know, when, when you have a guy like, like Deuce who is just so efficient, so productive, go to the NFL and everyone's going, oh, well, K-State's not going to be the same team without Deuce. And then you got guys like like DJ and Treshawn who step up mm-hmm. and they're, you know, they're making plays too. And, and Will is, in, in my opinion, playing, you know, nearly at the same level he was last year. Like maybe he doesn't have those flashy plays, but the numbers are there, mm-hmm. man. He's – it just – it took him a while, I guess, to find his confidence and figure out how this offense was going to work versus last year's offense. So, you know, I don't, I don't really have a score prediction. I think I think we win, though. I'm, I'm pretty – Feeling pretty good about this one. Yeah, I uh, I think we win a close one. I think um, the offense has really figured out some things with all the like these last couple of weeks, and I guess really in Lubbock as well. But um, basically, since Stillwater, Klein's just been running a lot of like pen and pull stuff, getting all the because I mean those are some athletes up front now. Mm-hmm. The, our offensive line are some athletes, and getting them out on the perimeter, letting them be athletes and having DJ and Trayshawn and both quarterbacks running well behind them. And, uh, yes. Will's been, Will's been taking what's been given to him. All that coupled with, I think there aren't a lot of defenses playing better in the entire country right now than we are. I just feel like we're catching them at a good time. And I think we sneak out a close one. And I think the biggest X factor within K States is the tight ends. Like, Oh, one yeah. through four, like the tight end play has just been efficient. They've just been keeping drives alive. It's just the big, big plays, big guys, man. That just helps the blocking scheme too. So, yeah, I think they play a big part in the game. Dominate and like you said, with, run away uh, with this game. With Ewers being out too, we don't know much about this uh, this backup, but you know, Texas they they recruit like hell. So I'm sure he definitely is talented. Yes. Well, boys, any uh, any closing thoughts? Uh, I don't think so. Not I just really, I, I just wanted to say thanks for hopping on, Reggie. We we really appreciate it. We're all you know huge fans of you, and it's it's awesome to see what you're doing in Canada. And uh, best of luck in the playoffs, man. I appreciate it. November sixteenth is uh, is the award show for the CFL. Now, if y'all want to tune in, uh, definitely would would love to see. Sauce Boss holding up that trophy, man. I'm I'm super excited watching the playoffs and uh, and good luck in the season going forward. Hey, thank you, man. I really want to win this K State players back to back with Dalton winning it last year. So hopefully we get that award and bigger thing. Hopefully I go to the Great Cup Championship and win it for y'all. So thank you, man. Thank you guys for having me, folks. Little uh, recruiting corner here. Two fantastic football commits. Uh, one doesn't really make much sense to me. It kind of came out of nowhere. And uh, the other, Jaquez Bradley Dumps, absolute stud flip from North uh, from North Texas. Gentlemen, hype me up. I'm stoked, man. I mean, I, I said earlier in one of our group messages, he's from Pflugerville, for anyone who doesn't know, that's a suburb of, of Austin. Um, as we're well aware at this point, under-recruited guys from Texas. And I wouldn't even say that like, he's necessarily under-recruited, but um, maybe underrated guys from Texas uh, have worked out very well for this team. 
Um, we've already talked previously about, you know, needs for depth at, at wide receiver guys who can produce all that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, he had offers from Baylor, TCU, North Texas. Um, I don't Boston know, man. I mean, College, it's... Virginia. Yeah. It's not like he was like, cause you know, cause you know how people are that, oh, well, he, he was committed to North Texas. Blah, blah, blah. He, he had four P5 offers and state. Tulane as yeah, well. Yeah, Tulane. And, and stayed committed to North Texas through all that. Went on a visit, was at the, the K-State TCU game in Manhattan. And, uh, or no, Jaquez was at the Houston game, correct? Yes. Is there okay. Yes. So went, went was at the K-State Houston game in Manhattan. No, and, no, no, uh, no, 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 no. No, it was. Um, he was uh, at the TCU game. Yeah, October 20th. That's what I thought. So he was at the TCU game, uh, had four power five offers, stayed committed to North Texas through all that, went to one game at Bill Snyder Family Stadium and was a wildcat the next week. So if anyone and if anyone wants to tell you, uh, well, he was committed to North Texas. Well, he's a three star. Well, he's an 87. He's a he's a high three. He's already six foot one, 195 pounds, which to give you some like perspective from, for like, you know, mm-hmm. a K state perspective, uh, Byron Pringle currently plays at six, one, 203 pounds. So he's, that's kind of the body type that he is right now. He ran a, he ran a 10, nine, one, a hundred meter dash last year as a junior, he runs track. Um, and you look at his tape, I mean, I I would not be shocked if this kid's playing right away. I would not That's I would not be shocked exactly if he doesn't register. What I was gonna say, dude, is you, dude, he he's got that six one fucking one ninety five as a senior. I mean ah, like this is such college a college ready body. Dude, you, you said it too, Caleb, with that tweet. Like, Middleton now having a recruiting cycle where he is, you know, eligible to cook, you know, did not get in late. This is a fantastic start, man. Um, and that yeah. receiving room already has a ridiculous amount of young talent in it, too, with uh, Andre Davis and Jace Brown that we're seeing now. Uh, and you add in um, RJ Garcia and um, Spivey. Spivey, but I'm forgetting the. This absolute stud sophomore we just got. Um, Keegan Johnson. Keegan Johnson. Keegan Johnson. Thank you. Fair enough. Like, Fair enough dude, to forget him. The young talent. <laughs> it, it, well, dude, with him, it's it's fucking sucks. Is now he's re-injured again. Yeah, I just whatever. Maybe next year. Dude, give it like. I know this is going to sound a little fucked up. We've done so well without him having to be an impact player. I just feel like there's nothing wrong with being like, hey. Let's let's just like maybe we can look at it for a bowl game, but just like get your body healthy, dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, and this is kind of getting off of uh, the recruiting thing, but you know, I mean, he got um, he got injured again in the Houston game, as it was reported by Derek Young, and uh, and um, didn't play at all really in the second half because of that. And uh, no one asked Chris Kleiman about it after the game because that's just the expectation that Keegan Johnson isn't going to contribute anything. And it sucks because he is so damn talented. And I hope next year he can stay healthy, but I've just kind of punted on getting anything from him this year. But um, with that said, 
like you said, Eric, there's there's a lot of a lot a lot a lot of young underclassmen talent in that room right now, and adding this kid, uh, Spradley Demps. I mean, he uh, his tape really impressed me. He's Chris route runner, really glides. He's not he he. It takes it looks like it kind of takes him a little bit to get up to top speed, but once he's there, he's running away from people. Uh, hands catcher doesn't let the ball get into his body. I I absolutely love him. I, I honestly like outside uh, outside Massey. Um, I think he's my my favorite recruits like film that I've watched in this whole class. Before we get to obviously the bombshell that dropped a few hours ago, uh, Kleiman has been Mister Steelier recruit recently. Uh, this is the third flip, uh, completing the trifecta of, uh, right. It was those three, right. They've been they've visited. Yeah. Yeah. So Morris, he's, Kalen he, Arda. yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, two, well, Kalen Barta committed to Nebraska. So obviously a stud, right. You don't get a, yep. you don't get a fucking scholarship to play in football at Nebraska. I know they're down right now. That doesn't mean they're not recruiting well, even when they're bad. Yep. Uh, and then Boone Morris linebacker, uh, you know, reading through, I, I'm not giving any paywall stuff here away, but, you know, it seems like all the riders are very high on this guy. Uh, couldn't be more excited to see the class finally coming together. I know it was a slow start, but um, what what, are, what do you guys think about those two flipping? You know, it, end of the day, K-State's a successful team. We've had good recent success. You know, we we just spoke with Reggie. We know that the coaching staff, the town, the fans are special. So sometimes all it takes is getting those guys here. And, uh, you know. I forget It's just uh, the cards start to fall, man. Someone said that, though. It's like 80% of the the battle for recruiting people to come play Kansas State is getting them to Manhattan. Like, when they come here, they love it. Because I'm telling you – as a K-State fan, it, it's kind of hard, but like other people notice Kansas State's different as an environment. Like you would not expect this type of environment. Like, you know how Oklahoma is the palace on the prairie? I, I've always thought that Bill Snyder Stadium is more like that. Like you don't expect it to be like that as an outside looking in. It And, you know, it, it seems to always come from the recruits that come and visit too. It's like, holy shit. That was nuts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, no. Go ahead, Adam. Uh, well, I was just gonna say. I mean, I don't want to derail it too much, but I mean, this is we've now got our second crystal ball for Patrick Gongba, and I mean, one of the things that he said about Manhattan was that he he kind of likes that there's you know not a ton of outside distractions. He can really just focus in on on playing ball and fucking love that. You know, he was at, at the uh, at the game this weekend um, in the student section doing the wabash, smiling along with the student section. So. That's what you want, man. He's I don't focused know. I mean, on NBA. Just... He's focused on the next step. He's not here to fuck around. Eric, you just you just cut out really bad. <laughs> oh, my bad, dude. I'll I'll fix it. Don't worry. But I, I said like that's the type of shit you want to hear from a recruit. Like no outside distractions. Yeah. Like, dude, get in here, work, win a bunch of shit, and go to the NBA and get your bag. Like <laughs> you know that there seems to be uh 
<laughs> Don't sometimes, need any outside distractions like tubbies. Sometimes there's a problem with uh, with players that have a clear goal to the NBA. So I'm I'm glad that he is uh, showing showing good signs on that. Just real quick, I guess if I don't know if we want to even touch that or not, but just real quick on Kalen Barta and Boone Morris. So uh, Kalen Barta um, really impresses me. His ball skills on both sides of the ball. He's playing receiver and uh, some safety and corner for uh, Seaman, the the Vikings. Um, uh, he uh, that's that's some legit competition he's playing there. I mean, Seaman's playing like. Piper, where the BB brothers went to school, they're playing, you know, speak of Hayden. Hayden, Shawnee Heights. Yep, yep. So he's, yep. I mean, he's playing some legit competition. You watch his highlights. He uh, he looks like the best athlete out there in space. Uh, good size, 6'2". He could probably put on a little bit of weight uh, at 180. I bet he probably ends up playing around 210, 205, something like that. But uh his nose for the football and he he's not afraid to come hit people too. So I'm really excited to see him in that safety room with Klanderman and then Boone Morris. I don't understand why this kid is only an 84. I don't understand why he's a three-star because I watch him play and this dude is everywhere. He his pinned tweet right now as of three days ago. So he's a senior. Um, and he's a he's he's a, a three year starter, I believe. I don't even think he started as a freshman at his high school, but the guy's got four hundred and thirty four career tackles right now, and that's I mean he's still got some season left. Um, so by the way, high schoolers will generally only play like a seven or eight game regular season. Yeah, I mean he's like you look at like so, like he'll post like his highlights every week. He'll be like had a good game this week, nineteen tackles, four for a loss, like <laughs> twenty one sacks. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he's everywhere, sideline to sideline has has great range, great closing speed, not afraid to hit you. And I I got to give credit because I don't I don't want to just steal this from Ace, but uh, Ace Edwards on. Uh, on Aggieville Alicat said he's just basically Austin Romain too. And that's so true. Like he's he's incredibly smart. Sideline to sideline, he's got great range. He finishes tackles. So I'm I'm very, very excited about him too. And uh yeah, man, we're hitting our stride. This class is coming together. So you know six two, two twenty five as a senior playing linebacker is fucking insane. He's got great size, man. He, uh, yeah, he's gonna be a stud. And he—that's another guy too that had some other again because people say, "Well, he was committed to UTSA." Army, well, Air he, Force, well, yeah, Navy. he had. I think he had an offer from uh, Oklahoma Navy. State late. Um, yeah, yeah. So he had an offer from Oklahoma State. So like you know, it's not like. Because people say, you know, well, he was committed to UTSA. Well, he had other P5s come asking around if he wanted to decommit, and he stayed committed until he watched one game in Manhattan, and then two days later he was a Wildcat. So I think this staff uh, deserves some flowers, and I think we deserve some flowers. I think the fans deserve some flowers because kids see that environment, and they think, you know what, I can see myself here. So – you know, I'm, I'm gonna... Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, go, go ahead, Adam. I was just going to say, I mean, blah, 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 committed to this, committed to that. Dude, Byron Pringle played at Butler, okay? I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. 
Like he, Butler Community College, by the way. Yep. Like great JUCO program. I mean, Kansas is without a doubt the best JUCO scene in the entire country. But last like, chance, you baby, Independence, Deuce Vaughn and. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn and Felix's uh, Deuce Vaughn and Felix's only Power Five offers were K State. I think that staff might have an eye for talent, fellas. I think it'll be okay. I I literally can't even like the last like three star that we got that just doesn't work out entirely. Like shit, we've had less luck with four stars with Rubley. Like yeah, we develop talent so well, man. And like if you were to show me, um. A picture of recruiting profile, like rankings wise, a kid that's gonna kill it at Kansas State, it would be Boone Morris. Yeah, he uh, eighty four, not ranked nationally, ninety second and or uh, hundred and position. He'll be a fucking, he'll be an all conference player by his junior year. I don't know, man. At the end of the day, the mob cast was right. Jar is getting really damn full, really fast. And uh, I guess, do we want to talk about this? Uh, this kid uh i i'm gonna butcher his name i'm so sorry Navarro. yeah i was i was waiting yeah. that for it to be our dessert man Shun, shunky or shunk i think maybe shunky, shunky? i'm just how gonna about, call him navarro for now uh let's talk about how we just name. got a fucking four-star preferred walk-on yeah i mean uh can you can you imagine having this poll? Most can't. Let me, let me just read you guys some offers here, uh, like legit offers, like scholarship offers. Arizona State, Auburn, Illinois, KU, Nebraska, Pitt, Tennessee, Minnesota, um, and he like walked on at K State. The kicker, word on the street. We believe he's on full ride scholarship or will be on full ride scholarship because he is Native American, which you might think, oh, well, we got to lock him down with a scholarship slot. No, that's okay. I think we'll have one extra scholarship slot because this guy's a walk on and has college paid for already. Thank you. That's uh, that's chestnut checkers from from Connor Riley and, and Chris Kleiman. Insane that we just it's got just the 18th best interior offensive lineman, the best player in South Dakota, and he's fucking walking on. Like, I know it's a loophole, but holy shit, dude. Oh, my goodness. I think it says a lot about oh. how bad he wanted to play for Connor Riley that he was willing to, to go about it this way, too. You know, what game, uh, you know, if you're if you're tuning in, this last weekend and you're like huh who's this cooper bb guy uh uh i want to play for the guy that coached him because this guy's a first round draft pick and he just put a grown man on his ass consistently like cooper bb is having i i know he gave up that sack but like dude he is so good it's ridiculous and cooper people's parents are watching that was such a good call dude he, no, um, he, and then he goes. <laughs> what did he? He said something after that was funny as shit too. He was like, um, "Oh, you feel bad for the, the guy." <laughs> he's yeah. like, he's having uh, a yeah. rough series. <laughs> a man, uh, a man that large should not be able to move the way he does. And then he, like, he goes viral for flattening a guy. He's about to be an interior offensive lineman that's going to be a first round pick, which is damn near unheard of. And then. He gets on Twitter on it in a Nacho Libre costume and just tweets out <laughs> Nacho with the picture of him and the like. He's he's the best, dude. 
gotta and love that guy. In addition to that, like the, I was listening to a guy do a scouting report on him, and he was like, you know, with Cooper, uh, the cons are uh, his size and um, his mobility is, you know, that usually ends up costing players because they're not able to stand up against the biggest guys uh, in the NFL. But if you look at him, he is literally in the past two years, never had a problem dealing with any player in their power. He's always been the most powerful guy. So like, at what point are you like, dude, he's just a, he's a, he is an archetype of like both. He's just a freak. He moves. So like, he's so agile and it, like his ability to get out and lay someone on their ass every time he, you know, he'll get downfield and his speed is ridiculous too. He's he's a physical anomaly. I mean, a man a man that weighs three hundred thirty five pounds should not be able to move like that. And I'm not just talking his speed, like his footwork, everything. Like he's a legitimate athlete. He's uh, he's a special guy. And we only got you know, I I hope uh, six more games, but but you know, five maybe six more games uh, with Coop. So really enjoy him while he's still here. And this is kind of another thing uh, you watch, you know, from the Colin Klein, right? We have a player that is amazing at a position followed by Jake Waters. So there's always something to be said about a, a specific player at a position attracting great players in recruiting. So when you have Cooper Beebe balling out, offensive linemen are going to take notice and be like, damn, you know, I, that's obviously a place for good offensive linemen to go. And then, you know, you're going to see that with Avery. And Avery's going to make the wide receivers look better. And, you know, success breeds success. And I think this is kind of that – this is kind of going from that Big 12 championship uh, forward, you know. We're pulling four stars consistently now. Two back-to-back cycles of multiple four stars. When did that shit happen before? Yeah, and I – and not only are you 100% correct that it it, it didn't really happen before, um, not in a while anyways – Caden Massey and Navarro, both uh, both four-star offensive tackles, but then you also have one, two, three, four, five guys. Sorry, bad podcasting. I'm reading off the commitment list, but you got you got that many more guys that uh, that are within two points of being a four-star. So you know, like even even you know, as many three stars as that make up our classes usually. Even those guys are, um, you know, high three stars. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really happy. We, all, we all knew that this class wasn't going to be big just from the, the sheer fact that we don't have a lot of scholarships available. But uh, this class, um, it's really shaping up nicely. I'm, I'm very pleased. Yeah, you know, my, my, my favorite part about. This whole like process that it, it we've seen to go forward is, like you said earlier, with the ability of our past. You know, like we did not. We went the JUCO route and stuff like that, and it, it seems just like we're finally going forward to the correct, like we're going to the high schools and we're getting kids in Texas. Like, you know, Jaquez is that is, is deep in Texas and, uh, you know, Matt, we're killing it in Kansas, but you know, Blake Barnett just broke Christian McCaffrey's record, Colorado. We're going down there. Rakers is from Iowa. 
we're high up on Grant Bricks. He's from Iowa. So, you know, we're, we're really expanding our recruiting profile and it's, it's really nice to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, uh, exactly what you said earlier, Eric. I mean, um, you hit it on the, you hit it on the head that success breeds success. You know, it, you keep winning, you recruit better, you recruit better, you keep winning. Well, boys, uh, I'll be, we sure we might even do a, a emergency pod on, uh, on after Pat does his announcement, I'm praying to God, you know, I, I do really think we get him, but I'm, dude, what a big get that'll be if we can pull that off. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the 2024 Kansas State basketball season. Um, 2024-2025, that is, as in next year. <laughs> well, boys, uh, I don't <laughs> – I, I prefer not to speak. <laughs> uh, I Anyone that's, uh, that's made it this far, I, um, I just really hope uh, – I, all I'm going to say is I hope that um, it's not as bad as we think. I, I don't even – I don't really know what else to say. So. Uh, yeah, so I guess just I'll, uh, I'll read the, the statement. Um, fuck, man. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, where are we at here? All right. Um, Senior Naquan Tomlin has been indefinitely suspended from Kansas State men's basketball team, as announced by head coach Jerome Tang on Monday night. I have indefinitely suspended Naquan Tomlin for not living up to the expectations we require of our players. Although he is not with the team, he is part of our family, and we will do what we can to support him as he moves through this process. Now, all we know and all that's really been reported is that he was arrested shortly before 2 a.m. in Tubby's uh, for um, disorderly conduct and fighting. That's all that's been reported, and that he was released on a $750 bond. Um, just based on that statement, Tang saying he's no longer with the team and we're going to help him through this process, that kind of stuff does not sound great to me. And, uh, I don't know, I don't know what the extent of his suspension is going to end up being, but it goes without saying that this is not the same basketball team without Naquan Tomlin. Um, so it's, it, uh, not- it can be a rough year. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I mean, you're a kid and you make stupid decisions, but fuck, man. Like, you have a clear shot to the NBA, and it just, it really, I mean, it, the year looks a lot fucking worse now. He is an integral part of the team that we were all hoping was going to make big strides going forward, and fuck. I, uh, I'm hoping for the best that, that maybe at some point we, uh, we see him this year, but just the way that that's worded, I mean, Tang saying, although he is no longer with the team, yeah. we want to help him through this process. I mean, that just, it doesn't sound good to me, you know? And uh, 
yeah, help him through this process is probably the worst thing I wanted to hear. I mean, yeah, yeah. Adam, what are your thoughts? Man, I don't. I mean, when I first saw indefinite suspension, you know, it was probably a little bit of cope, that sort of thing, where I was like, okay, well, indefinite doesn't necessarily mean permanent. It doesn't mean he's kicked off the team, whatever. The wording of that statement, I feel like, no pun intended, is kind of its own indictment. Um, I don't know, man. I it's gonna suck. Um, my only hope is that. You know, some of the other guys can step up. Um, It's definitely, it's a major hit when you have a guy who gets in some trouble, regardless of what sport it is. But in a sport where the rosters are so much smaller than than football and every individual has like a serious opportunity to be a big impact player. um, I guess on one hand, that's nice because it's always, there's always a possibility we could have one of our other guys step up and be that impact player. But um, just on a purely percentage thing that's one less roster spot that we have at least for now so i i just i hope he gets it figured out man like i don't have any ill will on him but it it really fucking blows because uh is i don't i don't know if anyone is denying this but kansas state is a is a much less talented team without naquan tomlin um he is a very well-built basketball body, height, speed, and um, like when he can, when he puts it together, he puts it together. So uh, this sucks. This really sucks. He was he's gonna be he was gonna be a senior, um, big part of the team. Projected wasn't he part of like an honorable mention for the? I mean, people are picking him to fucking compete for a Big Twelve All Big Twelve spot. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd rather be right than first, so I don't really want to speculate. I don't, we don't know exactly what, uh, mm-hmm. what happened in the bar fight, uh, but just the way that that's worded Tang's statement, it just doesn't sound good. And I don't know, man. I just, like I said, I don't want to jump the gun but like i'll be really really disappointed if i had to sit through 30 how many ever games of watching naquan tomlin trying to figure out how to play organized basketball for (laughs) for this if if it's as bad as what we perceive it to potentially be um that would really really suck but um yeah, like I said, I just I don't want to. We don't want to jump the gun on anything. Wait for what happened to come out and uh, and save that for a future podcast. I think so. Yeah, I I'd say probably ended on that. Alrighty. Yeah. Well, uh, good day of recruiting overall. Uh, here's to uh, whooping Texas' ass and getting a five star on the same day. There we go. Let's hope. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. We love all of you. Go Cats. Go Cats, baby. Respect Will Howard. I told you. Respect Will Howard.